Hello, my name is Samuel George London, and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book creator Matthew Sen about what comics he would take into a super volcano apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Comic Scene, where you can read comic news and become part of a community of fellow comic lovers. To find out more, be sure to visit comicscene.org. And on a side note, if you enjoy the show today, please leave a review for us on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Matthew Sen, how's it going? Hi, I'm doing really well, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um... Pretty pretty long day of uh, my day job, but uh, all the better for speaking about comics. Um, and uh, where, where whereabouts in the world are you coming to us from, Matthew? Uh, I'm in Kelowna, British Columbia, Canada. So it's about noon Amazing. right now, my time. So in the middle <laughs> of my day. Yeah, exactly. And the uh, sun is just setting over here in uh, regular Britain. So, <laughs> oh, you get sun over there, do you? Oh, yeah, 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 right. That's it. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's, it, we, we're just like getting into that time where it's um, really starting to be um, quite bright in the evening, um, which is oh, yeah. quite nice. So it's good. And I mean, you you get it even more in your neck of the woods. Yeah, it's been really warm these last few days. It's been really nice, uh, but today yeah. we got a bit of a breeze, so it's it's a bit more bearable. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, man. That's it. Um, well, Matthew, um, for those that haven't come across you just yet, what do you do in the world of comics? Uh, so I mainly do indie comics, mainly web comics. Um, I've done uh, some... Well, my first web comic was a six-part series called Quiet, a graphic novel of introversion, which was based on my own experiences in school, being an introvert, being an outcast, uh, and that seemed to really resonate with a lot of people. Mm. Um, and uh, since then, I've done a lot of uh, smaller indie works. Uh, but right now, I'm uh, working on a webtoon called Poppy, the Girl Who Slept in 100 Years. Uh, yeah. And uh, as for the, oh, sorry, as for the uh, production side of it, um, I do write and draw and I do pretty much everything myself. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, and you're actually running a Kickstarter uh, for Poppy at the moment. Um, but just to give the the listeners a flavour of what it's all about, um, give us a give us the. I mean, the premise is kind of in the subtitle, but <laughs> to, to tell us like where the idea came from. Yeah. So um, yeah, Poppy is about a girl from the 1920s who sleeps in a hundred years and then wakes up in the 2020s. And uh, and then all her adventures she has with this kind of bright, um, wonderful mindset of the Roaring Twenties. You know, everything's a party, everything's great, as opposed to what's going on nowadays. Um, so how that came about was uh, partially noticing those differences and similarities between the decades of, uh, of the Twenties and the new Twenties, um, you know, having... Uh, with the 20s, 1920s, they just came off of the Spanish flu, World War One, 
and a lot of things like that. And then I see, you know, uh, COVID and, and stuff going on in the world, you know, wars mm. and stuff like that. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of things to look at there. So um, that was part of it. The other part was just an admiration of old timey art, like comic art. I was mm. really liking um, the, the very like pulpy feel of them, the offset colors, those dot tones and I tried to replicate that myself uh, uh, digitally, and I, I was really enjoying it. And I thought, gee, it'd be really cool to see a character in this art style standing next to like a modern character, and it, it just sort of evolved from there and and went along with the whole thing. That's awesome. And you're you're on like episode hundred and nineteen. Yeah. Like so. It, it's done in a uh, kind of like a newspaper comic style where I update it every weekday, uh, four mm. panels at a time, you know, so it's uh, it's a hundred and odd strips, but they take you like an hour to get through. So, you know, you shouldn't be put off by the by the number of it. No. Um, but I since I am still working, um, I'm only updating every other month. So you'll get a month's worth of strips uh, totaling mm. about 25 and then I take a break for a month. And then I come back and that's actually been pretty nice because it gives people some time to like catch up so they don't have to worry Mm -hmm. about like, oh, I'm so far behind, you know, it's like, well, Mm -hmm. you know, you can take an hour or two and you can totally catch up and then be ready for to see what happens next. Oh, that makes sense. That's really cool. Um, And of course, folks, you can you can click through to Webtoons via um, the link in the show notes, um, as well as checking out the Kickstarter um so when when does the kickstarter launch sorry matthew uh the kickstarter launches on june 1st and it'll be going till june 21st amazing amazing and best of, best of luck with that um but uh you've you've, you've got a, a fairly solid fan base um on webtoon so i i assume that you'll you'll get some support from your regular uh fans yeah, I mean, the Kickstarter itself is to uh, produce a physical edition of the first uh, 75 strips, you know, the first major story arc. Yeah. And uh, I see a lot of people uh, wanting a physical book, and I think that there is an audience for that. You know, I have a lot of readers who are older who remember those newspaper comics and or reading it with their grandparents, you know. And so mm-hmm. it, it kind of brings back those memories. And I think a physical book would really go a long way to, to helping with that. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. That's awesome, man. Um, and uh, where else can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at MatthewSen95. Uh, you can also check out my website, MatthewSen.com to check out all my other um, comics, animations, art, pretty much anything I've done is on there. And, and if it's not, you can find links to it. Um, and if, uh, Webtoons for some reason, isn't your cup of tea, uh, Poppy is also available on tapas.io. Nice. Excellent. Excellent. Of course, all those links are in the show notes, folks. So feel free to go check out Matthew's work and socials as we, uh, as we chat. Uh, now all of that aside, unfortunately, I do have some bad news for you, Matthew, and that oh, is no. that a super volcano has just erupted. Um, and it's oh, yellow no. so Yellowstone has blown its top <laughs> um, oh, no. and so my my question for you is what is your action plan for survival yeah that that's a that's a tricky one like what 
because uh, because for something like that, I suppose the biggest issue, if you're nearby it, I guess would be lava. But I suppose otherwise would be all the all the smoke and and all the ash and all that. Hey, mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, and that's unfortunately something we've had to deal with before here in BC because mm-hmm. uh, we do have a lot of summer forest fires. They're um, quite mm-hmm. common, and so it is oftentimes that the summer is just chokingly thick with smoke. Um, so, yeah, the options to deal with that um, probably get out of uh, a BC at the very least. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I think the biggest problem is a lot of the towns are made in valleys where a lot of the smoke settles, so it stakes around a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, where you would go, that that is the good question. Um, <laughs> maybe you could go to Alberta and, and, and try to get out that way. Um, but then you have to deal with the Alberta winters, and that's its own apocalypse to survive, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I can appreciate that. I did a season in Banff. Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I suppose, uh, you know, uh, e- either try and uh, get to higher elevations, see if you can get above the smoke, or mm. or just get out to um, maybe just to Alberta. But, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one. I mean, if it's, uh, it you know, the whole so volcano let's, thing. Let's, yeah, totally, man. So let's imagine that you managed to kind of, you know, get in your car and start start heading away from um, kind of the, the valley floors, as you were talking about there. Is anybody going to be coming with you? Right. Uh, well, definitely my brother, because he lives with me. Um, <laughs> and probably see if we could get in touch with my, my folks, because they do live not too far away, and see, like, okay, what's the situation uh see see if my because i do have a lot of family nearby so i would probably try and get in touch with them first to be like okay Mm. what's the plan does anyone have a better idea you know where we head and try and like you know gather up together as as many people Mm -hmm. as we could because i feel like uh this kind of thing it's it's gonna be the long haul you know if you have something like uh, uh zombies where you're like oh you know can't have too many people slowing you down whereas this it'd be like you know, you got to find that good place, and then uh, it's it's you versus nature. And I think uh, I think mankind does a pretty good job teaming up against nature. You bet, man. You bet. Um, so yeah, no, you managed to get everybody in a in a bit of a convoy um, heading to some sort of um, like safe spots in Alberta. Um, and uh, but on the way, it's just you and your brother in your car, um, and you start talking about comics and the first question that your brother asks you is what's the first comic you remember enjoying now with that there's a a a lot of answers i could go with because uh growing up i I did just you know pick up a lot of secondhand books and and like stuff like that obviously archie i think everyone's grown up with like archie you find it you you know you, you trip over it um but the first one i remember like going out of my way to like collect and be like i want to see what happens next um was the sonic the hedgehog archie comics so it was archie but it was it was the mm-hmm. sonic the hedgehog comics because i was nice. i was just the right age for that i was about um maybe seven or eight and we lived you know out in the bush 
and uh, but every now and then our mom would take us into town um, and next to the bank there was this magazine shop that I would go to and they did have a small comic section and yeah pretty much the only one I recognized at the time was was Sonic the Hedgehog because we had you know played the games and and watched the the cartoon that was on at the time um, and so I, I you know every time we go into the town I would I would try and pick up the new issue and then uh, eventually did get a subscription to it. So they would get mailed to us, you know, um, after we moved a bit and we weren't going there as often. So I, w- I was like, yeah, get them mailed to me. I, I want to see the next one. So, um, and I, I did collect quite a few, like quite a few years, I think probably well over a hundred issues and I still have them somewhere wow. if I could find them. Awesome. But uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was goofy. It was weird. <laughs> Uh, some, some weren't well-made, some were really well-made, but, uh, Mm. man, I enjoyed every, every second of it. Yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. And obviously that set you on a trajectory for becoming a, a comic book creator. Um, but were were you like making comics at that time that you were reading Sonic? Um, or were you just a reader? Oh no. Yeah. I've been drawing like, as soon as I could hold a crayon, I was drawing like, (laughs) um, you know uh a lot of my and and yeah i was making comics um probably a year or two after that just homemade ones and a lot of them that i remember starting with i they weren't even original i just copied like i basically just copied what i was reading which Mm -hmm. i guess was a good way to kind of like get started of figuring out here's how you draw panels, what kind of sizes and setups, like things that I obviously had no clue what I was learning, but I was technically learning it by copying it. And sometimes I would like adapt cartoons I was watching and like make a little comic just of it. It was the exact same, like characters and and dialogue and story and everything, but like I had adapted it and it was just like, yeah, that was really fun for me. That's awesome. That's awesome, and yeah, no, that's it. It's a good place to start, really, isn't it? Just by by kind of like imitating what you're what you're reading, um, and then you develop all of the skills and things like that, and then you can start to kind of push your own boundaries and stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I remember um, at that same magazine store, they had a lot of the like, kids' magazines, um, and I don't remember the name of it, but there was this uh, one magazine, and they actually had a little excerpt done by Scott McLeod, mm. um, who I had no clue who he was at the time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the guy who wrote understanding comics and, and, yeah, right. you know, the, this master of the art. Um, and in it was a tiny little thing of, Hey kids, here's how to make your own comic. And it was basically take two pieces of paper, fold them together and just draw boxes. And I followed that and I was like, this is amazing. You know? So <laughs> cool. that was you know, a small part, but I, I still remember that to this day. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, and then uh, going back to the car, um, and uh, your, your your brother asked you his next question, and that is, what's the funniest comic that you've read? Oh, man, that's... I'd, I'd probably have to say The Far Side, you know, yeah. by Gary Larson. That is, that mm-hmm. is one... Um, we had it in our school library. We had a couple books and I remember reading that forever and ever. And then, um, you know, anytime since then that I, I see one online or I see one of the books again, I pick it up and read it and I'm still chuckling away. It's so clever. 
it's it's witty it's surreal and it's just iconic and it just like it has this sort of like snarkiness to it but it's still so like genuine like it knows i know it's a comic a bit of the times but it's still also so timeless you know that it's just it's so good it's so funny that's brilliant fantastic um and that's so cool that your that your school library had it I'm thinking it it had it. I I could be wrong, but I definitely remember reading it in school. So I don't know if I got it from somewhere else or if they they had it on the shelf. Like, mm-hmm. but I just remember being like in the classroom and 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 reading those books. And I remember there being Calvin and Hobbes books as well. So I I can only assume the school had it, but maybe someone else brought theirs and was sharing it around. But it was definitely in in the classroom yeah. I was reading it. Oh, that's awesome! Um, yeah, and apart from like, yeah, Far Side and um, Calvin and Hobbes, were there, were there many other comics at your school? Um, I mean, I don't know if you would count it as a comic, but there was Captain Underpants. That was a very popular right. one at the time. Yeah, um, I think I think you could classify it as a graphic novel. You know, it it has yeah. images. I think almost every page. It's been a very long time since I've read it, but there was you know lots mm. of images, but then a lot of of chunks of text. So it was almost a blend of the two yeah um and and it also had the those fliporama pages where you could flip between two pages that were basically two frames and you could almost it was almost like an animation you'd flip back and forth you know like a flip book mm, and uh cool. people would people would be flipping back and forth between these two images of captain underpants punching a, a giant sentient toilet and uh the teacher <laughs> would just be like quiet that down because you're flipping the page so loud you know <laughs> that's awesome and uh <laughs> And hey, that's another one that got me inspired to make comics because the the two main boys in that uh, that series, um, they make comics and they just like staple pages together. And I'm like, I could do that. And I I would draw little comics about robots and staple it together. And I felt so proud doing that. And right, rightly so as well, Matthew. That's really cool, man. Um, now the next question that comes up is, what's the most upsetting moment you've read in the comic? Oh man, that yeah, the saddest one. Um, I think, uh, th- and this is just on my mind because I, I read it recently. I, I managed to get a copy of it. Um, back in the back in the day, in the nineteen twenties, there was this comic strip called The Gumps, and it was basically a soap opera comic strip um, where you had you know the family, the Gumps. There's Andy Gump the father and Min and you know he would try to run for like office um I think it was Congress and you know uh that and that would be running at the time they had like political stuff going on and and stuff like that so it was a very one that just reflects of the times uh but then in uh, 1929 they introduced the neighbors of the Golds and their daughter of Mary Gold and that began a year-long um you know, soap opera story of she's in a love triangle and money's being stolen and her fiance has been framed. So he goes to jail and then this guy comes in and, you know, he turns out to be the thief and, and there's a you know, lawsuit and all this like drama. And it's like, you're seeing, you know, these events unfold throughout it. You know, it's like 300 strips. It took like a, an entire year to tell this story and uh, the the sad part comes in where you get to the end and the crook is revealed. He's captured. 
the fiance is innocent. He's released from jail, but the stress of it all has put Mary in, in bed with sickness. And so then they're just like, as soon as you're ready, as soon as you're well, you know, we're going to get married and we're going to live happily ever after. And then she dies and it just all ends. It's all for nothing. And, and it's just the next five strips at the very end of this story is just everyone dealing with the fact that life is, you know, like smoke in the wind. It's just gone in an instant. And then you just have this like really heartbreaking panel of just the characters basically sitting in silence in shock at this whole thing. And I'm like, that is so like, heart-wrenching for 1929 like like people were really upset back in the day they got a lot of letters like and it was the first like major death in comics where it was like a named character you know who had a story and everything who died and you know didn't come back so it was groundbreaking and still tragic to this day Mm. wow so it's almost like the game of thrones of its day pretty much (laughs) yeah yeah it was like it was uh you know people in 1920s you know you think oh they didn't have too much man they they had some crazy stuff straight up man straight up that's wild um and it's crazy isn't it like if if people are writing letters in and things like that it's it's not like shooting off an email it's like you literally have to like you know sit down write the letter and obviously post it it requires a lot of effort like, to do oh, that. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh it? yeah, people people were invested. It was uh it was a very successful comic for its time, so it was yeah, people cared even back then when they killed off characters. You bet. You bet. Now changing gears, um what's the scariest comic that you've read? Um like for I, I, I think I have like two answers for this one if that's okay because i have one that i think is like the scariest overall Mm. comic and i think that might be the walking dead yeah you know i probably don't have to explain why that is i'm sure you and your your listeners are familiar with it um you know all the the tragedy but yeah well yeah what is it that's scary to you Uh, about the walking dead yeah um Probably just almost the same kind of uh, thing where they they try so hard and it a lot of the effort ends up being for nothing, or or it ends up being very um, momentary. You know, any mm. success that they find, at yeah. least for the first half. Um, but yeah, probably probably the the the, the worst moment in that comic. Um, would be i think it uh, i think it was Lori's death when yeah, she's sure. running from the governor and gets shot and then mm-hmm. you know her and and the baby die at yeah, the same right. time that's oh yeah. i i couldn't i i've never reread that after i read it the first time like i can't go back to that that's horribly yeah, tragic yeah that that would probably destroy me <laughs> if that happened to me in real mm-hmm. life that sort of thing you know wife wife and baby dying in front of your eyes jesus yeah yeah that that was yeah honestly i think i think that one probably i'd I'd say that one actually yeah yeah straight up man and then uh, what's your what's your second choice um so it's it's probably not as you know gruesome as that one but it, it was still kind of a shocking moment just because of the comic it came from 
Um, and this one's also one I, I recently read through. Um, it was it's an early uh, Little Orphan Annie comic um, where she's yeah. in the circus. So you know it's it's much more lighthearted than something like The Walking Dead, where okay, you know you get shot and and there's tragedy and gore, but that's kind of to be expected, right? You you know what mm-hmm. you're getting into. Um, yeah. But with Orphan Annie, it's like, okay, you know, it's, oh, she's a plucky orphan who's joined the circus and she's, you know, getting along with everyone. She's become an acrobat and she's, uh, you know, with all the animals and, and it's all stuff like that. And it's, uh, it, you know, it's just a normal uh, storyline of that. And then she falls from the acrobats and lands on the ground and breaks her spine. And you have this horribly (laughs) tragic panel of this little girl lying on the ground in the middle of a circus. Just, just like this imagery of it, of this like, oh, that came out of nowhere. And then you have this long drawn out, like, you know, she survives it, but then it's like, oh, you're never going to walk again. And she has to deal with the, the tragedy of it. And, you know, she's trying to keep this, this upward spirit. But even for her, it's like she's she's you know starting to lose hope, and and because you know you have they have nineteen twenties medicine, it's like mm-hmm. you know there's a good chance you're you're yeah. bite bite down on a leather medicine. belt yeah. like that's your <laughs> that's your medicine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and I mean it, it, everything works out in the end, of course, and she she does right. regain the ability to walk, and it's all happy. But but it is such just out of nowhere this like tragic realistic moment and then just all this heartbreak where like even the adults around her are like trying to keep her upbeat and the doctors are trying to be you know uh, all this but it's it's just you know it's dire and it's a heartbreaking thing for such a such a funny comic you know yeah usually (laughs) they just come out of nowhere with it with a kind of you know paralyzation (laughs) Story yeah line. yeah and I, I know one. the later comics get into more you know more adventure and action but this was like really early so it was still very slice of life like orphan on the streets kind of thing so it was pretty yeah, shocking yeah. wowzers crazy yeah. um i yeah i i guess like the, the the writers just had like a you know a bad week or like they just you know they just wanted to to, to hit the readers with some reality <laughs> yeah i don't know man like uh maybe there was a bit too much uh stuff going on they're just like you know what you've exactly. had it too good for too long you're gonna need a little exactly. a little dose of reality i don't know what they were doing full on full on uh, now uh moving on to my favorite question and that is what's your favorite cover favorite cover yeah that is a tricky one there's a lot of good mm-hmm. ones um right. you know uh, a lot of really good iconic ones that you could you know print out and hang on your wall but uh, i think my favorite one just because i i always think of it is um it's again going back to comic strips it's this one called moon mullins mm-hmm. uh from the 1920s um and i i haven't read that much of it to be honest it seems to be just a standard comedy, um, but the 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 because back then they did collect newspaper comics and print them as books, so they were doing it back mm. then. And there's this one where uh, there's the guy on the cover, Moon Mullins, and he's smoking a cigar, but for some reason he's putting it out in like a fishbowl. So he's putting out the cigar <laughs> ashes in a fishbowl, like killing the fish, and he just like doesn't seem to care. He's just blowing smoke. 
<laughs> which is already bizarre enough. But then wow. next to it is this like bird, this parrot or something. Mm-hmm. And it just says, I'll smack your sassy face. What? <laughs> I have Amazing. no clue. I have no clue what that has to do with anything, but that is just such an image in my head. I just keep remembering it. They were so... they were on something. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like the must have been a bad bad bottle of moonshine or something. Like I don't Yeah, know. right. Yeah, right. Oh, that's crazy, man. So, that's so that's wild. Just, just for being such a non sequitur, I just I love it. <laughs> yeah, man. It's just like it's so off off the cuff. Like so, so left field. Like they did some random stuff back back in the day, didn't they? Yeah, um, it's like I, I mean, you talk about crazy things they put on covers to get you to buy books nowadays, but like I yeah. don't know back then. <laughs> just like <laughs> you know, just got to be absolutely outrageous. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, they're called the funny pages, so I guess let's do the funniest thing we can. Yeah, yeah, kill a goldfish with a cigar. <laughs> and then tell a bird that it's going to smack you in your sassy face. Yeah, exactly, exactly man. That's, like, <laughs> that's so wild. I've, I've managed to find it just now. Um, oh, you, oh, you I, see I, it? I, yeah, it's really funny. So, if you, folks, if you put in Moon Mullins just on Google, you'll, you, you can scroll down until you find it. Um, but that is so hilarious um so wild no nuts and then he's 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 also like you know who who's the little chap um uh, in the red I th- t-shirt I, I think that's his little brother i uh, to be fair i haven't right. read too much of it no no um, but yeah basically as as well as like you know the the random parrot and the goldfish and the cigar like is i guess yeah his little brother is like hanging out on his heel as well <laughs> yeah like... with like a with a like an ink brush of some kind yeah exactly like was he writing letters or i don't know, He's got I don't the... know. I... <laughs> maybe this was like the start of like cannabis or something you know <laughs> like, yeah well like, well you they, know what we they could did <laughs> they did have prohibition so you couldn't drink you had to get something else <laughs> exactly man exactly fair play fair play <laughs> Hundred percent. No, that's awesome, man. That's a really good one. I love it. Love it. Yeah. Um, now, uh, moving on to another of my favourite questions, and that is, uh, what comic do you repeatedly read the most? Oh, that's an easy one. That's Calvin and Hobbes. Awesome. I I always go back to that. It you know, big inspiration back in the day. Um, you know, I think I think I I actually I remember the first time reading it too. I was at a, um, I was at a birthday party. And if you recall, I said I was, I was very shy and introverted and I, you know, didn't have a lot of friends back in the day. So I was invited to this birthday party just out of obligation, you know? So I wasn't really hanging out with anyone or having a good time. I was just sort of sitting there. And then, uh, the kid's mom, whose uh, birthday it was, uh, she came over and like, she was trying to be nice and help. And she could tell like, I, you know, I wasn't getting along and, and things weren't going well. So she just brought over some Calvin Hobbes books and says like, here, you want to read these? And, and so I did, and I, I loved it. And then, you know, I'd go down to the bookstore and buy, you know, pretty much every one I could. Anytime there was a, a school book fair, you know, 
buy as many as I can and just read it, go to the library, get those big, you know, compendium volumes. And then I finally mm. buy one of those for myself eventually. And yeah, still, still read it. I see it online everywhere. And I, I always love to go back and just, just read it over and over again. Cause the, you know, the heart of it is, is just there, you know, it's, it's timeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, uh, rereading it, especially nowadays as an adult, there's so many things that just flew over my head. You know, a lot of the big words and bigger ideas that Calvin can, you know, be spouting philosophy as he's flying down on his wagon. And you're just like, I don't know what's going mm-hmm. on, but wow, look how, look how crazy <laughs> this art is, you know. Um, but I just appreciate it so much more the more I read it. So, yeah, definitely Calvin and Hobbes. That's magic, man. Um, and then, yeah, you know, just folding into the the next question, that being the most meaningful comic to you. And and I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to repeat myself and say and say Calvin exactly. and Hobbes, but for a slightly different reason. Um, I still love the comic, and I still think it means a lot. But I I I honestly appreciate the author and what he did with it more. Like, because he, he, he fought so hard to keep the creative rights and minimize the commercialization of it, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, there might've been, I think there was one book and maybe a calendar or something like that, but like, it didn't really go beyond just books. So, you know, he, he prevented it from becoming too diluted. So then Mm -hmm. your memory of Calvin and Hobbes is always going to be the heart of the comic strip itself, you know? And so it's kept pure. And, and that's a really hard thing to do. Like, I don't know any other creator who's gone to those lengths and, and had such success, you mm. know, because um, so few comics, especially nowadays, can stand on their own like that. Like you, you often mm. do need, you know, supplements to to reach the wider audience, um, you know, like like he, he never made an animated calvin and Hobbes show but if someone came to me and said hey i want to make an animated poppy i would jump on it you know honestly like yeah, i right. i can't say yeah. i would be the same you know but it's yeah. i just appreciate him so much for that so mm-hmm. yeah and particularly yeah. back then you know because you're you're really up against it in terms of kind of like commercialization and things like that so like to to resist that manage to hold on to the rights um it's it's really impressive yeah i mean just look at something like garfield or yeah you know pretty much any other comic dilbert i guess but i guess Mm -hmm. people aren't reading that anymore but uh Mm -hmm. you know just just all the different you know even if it is like like products that the author approves of and like you know is still within the spirit it's just like it's you know you're not going to see that anymore um, because I, I think it is cool to see, you know, some some of it, you know, there, you know, because you can go too far with the commercialization, you know, start putting yeah. stickers mm-hmm. on everything and characters on just bizarre, you know, commercials. But then if you do something like, you know, um, that's more meaningful, right? Mm-hmm. Like like an animated series or even a movie, if the if the creator is involved with it, I think that's that's okay you know but yeah. um you know he's he's definitely 
the artiste and he, he keeps it pure. And then when he was done, he was done and he just yeah, went off the grid. Things. You know, he's, he's come back every now and then, and he has a, an upcoming book. I believe he's actually going to come back to it. Wow. Um, not, not Calvin and Hobbes, but uh, something else. Right. Um, but yeah, just, yeah, it, it's kind of the, like what you want to strive towards, but you're never going to hit, you know? And I yeah. think that's okay, but it's still something to appreciate. 100%, man. 100%. Um, now, coming on to our penultimate question, and that is, what's the most underrated comic? Oh, boy. I, I could talk about underrated comics for a good while, especially mm-hmm. since um, doing research for Poppy. I, I've been reading tons and tons of, of 1920s comics. So, like, I I think there was one comic that I actually knew of before I started getting into it. Everything else was just new to me. Like, um... Uh, Harold Teen, uh, which was the first comic about teenagers. You know, it's literally in the right. name Harold Teen, uh, yeah. like before Archie, right? So it's it's um, very underrated there. But uh, I could also say, you know, the Gumps for having you know Mary Gold's death, the first death in in comics. Um, I could talk about uh, bringing up Father, which had um, the 1920s press predecessor to like Fred Flintstone, Homer Simpson, and Peter Griffin. Um, in the character of Jigs, who pretty much embodies them, but in the twenties, you know. Um, so th- yeah, there's a there's a lot of a lot of things I could name, but I think um, the one I actually would say is like the most underrated because of genuinely how great it is mm. is uh, Gasoline Alley. Um, it's one of the longest running comics. It's still running to this day, over a hundred years of uh, wow. daily strips. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, it, it, it is, you know, a multi-generational comic. So characters actually age in real time. They grow up, they have children, they become the new kind of main characters and, and it keeps going. And, uh, you know, the the art, you know, especially back in the day, was genuinely great. And there was uh, a yearly tradition every fall where the main characters would go walking in the woods and you'd have these beautiful Sunday full-page comics of these like autumn colors and fall and leaves and you know lakes and mountains and you know back then you actually had comics newspaper comics that were considered like really good art so you'd have you dedicate a full page to it you know and you could really appreciate it but even beyond that just like the the actual like drawings and poses and characters and you know everything like that is is so charming and realistic it's you know it's just been kind of quietly going on in the background that everyone seems to have moved on from it but it's it's still going Mm -hmm. and i think it it definitely deserves some attention yeah definitely it's it's had the the same author since 1986 yeah, it's gone through wild. it's gone through four authors, but considering it's yeah. over a hundred years, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that yeah. is. That's like a well, it's like twenty five years each. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. twenty five years is a long run. Um, let alone like you know bolting on to twenty five years. Um, but say so gasoline alley is that like a, a phrase or like a I don't know some sort of um, like concept. Yeah, so it's it's I don't think it invented the term, but it's named after no. um because what it was originally was these guys hanging out in an alleyway just 
fixing their cars. That was it started as a car comic, Got and it. so you have Got these it. like you know Model Ts that they're tinkering with and like mm-hmm. uh, jokes about cars and engines and tires and oil, and and they called it the Gasoline Alley because they were doing it in the alley behind their homes. And uh, eventually the story, you know, kept going on and on with these characters. And I think eventually um, they started a garage called Gasoline Alley where they would fix cars. So it still has that sort of, you know, car aesthetic. Um, But yeah, so that's where that name comes from. Right. And then, yeah, no, just because obviously there's a there's a um, Rod Stewart album called Gasoline Alley. Yeah. and then also there was there was a Bruce Willis film last year, um, yeah, yeah, called Gasoline Alley as well, with Luke Wilson of all people. So random. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because in the fifties they did make some some films based on the comics. So when you type in Gasoline Alley movie, right. you get yeah. Bruce Willis, and I was like, I don't think he was around <laughs> back then, but thanks. <laughs> and then I've just I've just noticed that um, there was an American radio sitcom based on it which yeah yeah as well which seems pretty cool yeah a lot of a lot of comic strips got radio shows that was kind of the thing back Mm. then you know um like it was the netflix of its day (laughs) it pretty much it pretty much was you know any any comic because they would oftentimes just like uh, you know you have it for the summer and then it's gone if it's a short thing like sad sacked was Mm-hmm. Um, but then, of course, you have the Orphan Alley, sorry, Orphan Annie one, you know, mm-hmm. from uh, Christmas Story. Uh, there was yeah. Dick Tracy. There was Blondie. You know, anyone who was anybody had a radio show back then. Of course. Of course. That's awesome. Um, and then uh, if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse, which would it be? Now, I'm going I, I, to have to ask to stretch the definition of comic there. Sure. Um, so, because you, you said comic and not comic book, so I'm going to use a loophole here, and uh, I'm going to double dip, and I'm going to say Gasoline Alley. Nice. Um, the complete for, collected works. <laughs> yeah, which I'm not necessarily sure exists. There's a lot. Of, there's no. been a lot of efforts to collect everything, right. um, but since there's so much of it, like I know they get yeah. up to like because it starts in I think 1918. And then yes. they might get to like the fifties and then they either get canceled or run out of funding or something like that. Mm. So I'm not sure how much of it's actually collected, but let's say there was a gigantic collection, you know, you know, f- uh, 50 volume set or whatever of that. I I'd love to, <laughs> you know, trek yeah. that along with me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, ma- mainly because um you know, it, it is a lot of comics. You'd have a lot of material to read, but also because um, it, it would be a really cool comic to bring into the apocalypse uh, because it is like, you know, a comic that's been going on for over a hundred years. It pretty much, because the, the, the cool thing was it it did introduce characters aging in real time. So you start right. in like the 1920s with these guys fixing their cars behind an alley and then sort of the, the beginning of the adventure is when a baby is left on Walt's doorstep and he adopts the baby. And then, you know, time goes on, the kid grows up, he fights in world war two, he comes back, he gets married, he has a kid grows up, so on and so forth. And it, you know, they age in real time. And it is like, 
a reflection of kind of American history or of at least mm-hmm. the 20th century. So you can like kind of go back in time just by reading these comics and see like, you know, you're preserving uh, history in the pages of a comic. And I just think that's like really cool, you know. That is, that's really awesome. That's really awesome. And then uh, what weapon, tool or useful item would you like to take with you as well? See, that's a tough one in, in a volcano in a volcano apocalypse, that's a that's a really tricky one. I think possibly the most versatile one might be an axe, just mm-hmm. because it is a very useful tool, but also can be, you know, a weapon as you need it. Um, for what purpose exactly in this scenario? I don't know if if there's some sort of, you know, uh, trees we need to cut down to build shelter, maybe, or mm-hmm. you know if goes wrong and and you know you need some self-defense i think you know it doesn't you know need ammunition or anything like that uh if it's a solid solidly built thing it should you know and uh yeah i don't know it's uh it's a neat thing it's a safe bet it's a safe bet definitely (laughs) yeah I, i can't think of too much else that like i feel like everything else would more be like situational almost yeah. Oh, maybe maybe gas mask actually, but that's not really mm-hmm. a, a a weapon. I guess it counts as a Is tool. It? Yeah, tool or useful item. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. May, maybe gas mask. Then, if it's going to be like a lot of smoke from the volcano, like we said, that might actually yeah. go a long way. I might. I might pick that then. Actually, sure. You know. Makes sense. Makes sense. Awesome. Well, Matthew Sen, thank you so much for sharing our comics for the apocalypse. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks for having me. I hope uh, you found this at least interesting. I know I focused a lot on comic strips, but I feel like they don't get no, that's great. as much attention as they sometimes deserve because there's a lot of really great ones out there if you go looking. 100%. 100%. And, you know, like Gasoline Alley, for instance, I had no idea that it existed and that there was a strip that had been going for more than 100 years. It's it's crazy. What a legacy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, Dick Tracy is still going on to this day as well, which I, I think is just so crazy. Wow. You know? um, like a lot of these really old ones, they they went on a lot longer than you think. So they got a lot to offer if you if you ever want to yeah. take the plunge and dive mm-hmm. into the world of comic strips, you know, and their 100%. their legacy lives on, I think, even the ones um who aren't going on nowadays their legacy does live on i think in web comics which mm. is probably why i i love it so much and and you know want to carry on sort of carry on that torch of that kind of storytelling you know yeah nice nice um and then uh have you got any cons coming up this year or so uh yeah so we're planning on attending the Kelowna comic con that'll be this august i believe i don't have an exact date but uh, i'll be there and hopefully if uh, the Kickstarter succeeds, I'll be there with some poppy books. You can come on down mm. and get that if you're in Kelowna. Um, and we're probably going to be doing uh, Pentacon, which is in P- uh, Penticton this year. I was there last mm-hmm. year, and it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, I, I want to go back. Cool. Very nice. Very nice. Um, and, uh, yeah, now you just uh, best of luck with the Kickstarter. Uh, everybody go go uh, to the pre-launch page via the, the link in the show notes. Make sure that you um, ask for the launch notification. Um, and then, uh, yeah, when when you launch in June, 
then uh, yeah, no, I look I look forward to backing it. Thank you very much. Hey, no worries, Matthew. Well, thanks again, um, and uh, you're always welcome back on the show. Oh, great! It was great being here. Thanks, man. You take care. All right, you too. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thanks again to Matthew for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a refresh on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will let me know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. And if you'd like to check out Matthew's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already... Sorry about that. Be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the near future, I'll see you next time. Bye for now.